92.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. Pretty straightforward. The phone number is 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. You want to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week because it's been a great week for the CEO of that company. Austin's own, by the way. On X or Twitter, I'm at Jeff Ward Show. If you would like to post comments, go ahead. Just please don't suck. Make the show better. Get to the point. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We drop it each afternoon. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcasts. Same with the YouTube channel. Even though I look like Shrek and people make fun of my shirts, uh, seems to be doing pretty well. Subscribe to it. The Jeff Ward Show is on YouTube. We drop that every afternoon as well. Not a great way to start the show, but here it goes. Let's nerd out with some football science. I'll do the best I can not to get too scientific, and I think I can pull it off because you know where we're going to end up? Economics. The explanation of almost everything, right? So here it goes. Um, The Monday night game between the Eagles and the Chiefs, still two of the best three teams in football. And yes, the Chiefs, in my opinion, are still one of the three best teams in football. The Super Bowl matchup, which I found fascinating, everyone else seems to hate it. But the Super Bowl matchup has produced weird reactions, predictably weird reactions. And they're sort of being taken and then expanded to all of football, and it's woe is me. Now, the reactions aren't, aren't completely wrong. I mean, they're not. Offenses, last night's game was shockingly, to a lot of people, shockingly bad offense. And the data backs it up. But hang on, hang on. The reactions, while aren't completely wrong, especially Tom Brady's hot take, which has just taken this issue of, man, what's wrong with football, and sort of poured gas on it. There's no context. Now, I can give an explanation. I don't know that you're going to like it, but I can give an explanation. What's happened to everyone Right, As you know, those involved in fantasy football, which is the worst form of crack I can think of, it will take over your life if it hasn't taken it over already. The fantasy footballization of everything, that means the only metric, right? The, the only way anybody even sees a game or cares about a game or cares about a team is through this fantasy football prism. The only metric people seem to use to measure the quality of teams or a game in general, anything about the sport, the only measurement is yards and points, points and yards, blah, 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 blah. And I don't think there's any turning back, but uh, it's produced what I think are some, some, some ridiculous reactions. Okay, so two teams that were lighting up the scoreboard a year ago. They were lighting it up in the Super Bowl, one of the greatest games of all time. They just played in a 21-17 game. The team that is the fitting Super Bowl champ scored zero points in the second half. Everyone is freaking out. The two quarterbacks that finished one and two in last year's MVP, the same two quarterbacks that are probably the favorites, at least going into Monday night's game, are the favorites to be MVPs again this year. 
Last night, they had a combined 26 completed passes. Freak out. Oh, no, Jeff. Freak it out. Patrick Mahomes had 24, and Jalen Hurts had a stat line from 1980. My high school team had bigger numbers than these. He had a stat line of 14 completions for 124 yards, and they won. So the MVPs from last year threw for a combined 312 yards. That really is, that's not even 1980 stuff there. That's like mid-60s. Those are combined. Patrick Mahomes averaged a ridiculous 3.8 yards per pass completion. So fans and media are freaking out. What are we going to do? Make more rules. Fix it, fix it, fix it. You know what? I'll take either of them right now, either of these teams, the Eagles or the Chiefs, and beat anybody not named San Francisco. Right now. Let's go. With a stat line from 1980, let's go. They'll beat anybody not named San Francisco. Now, the reason is how they win, okay? They both play defense really, really well, and they both run the ball really, really well, and everyone hates it. In other words, they're both good at winning however they need to win. That's not a bad thing, everyone. That's a good thing. I know it's not the way we view the sport anymore, that it's the fantasy football numbers that matter. But they find a way. They'll do whatever they need to do to win. That's usually the mark of a good franchise, by the way. So the answers for all of their reactions, which are bigger than just the Eagles and the Chiefs, it's just like a a symbol of what is wrong now. Oh, my gosh, these numbers are pathetic. These numbers are disgusting. Something's got to be done. The answer for the answers, there's more than one, I think. Um, You're not going to like it, but I argue it's reality. And it's not rocket science. Okay, if you just take the Chiefs to football nerd out for just a second, I think it was it was used countless times during the game with, you know, telestrators and all that stuff. If you double team Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs are going to struggle to pass. Wow, that's really great, Jeff. Yeah. They're dead last in the entire league in points scored in the second half. That's. Yet, I already said, I'll take them to beat anybody not named San Francisco or Philadelphia. They averaged 5.9 points per game in the second half. It seems like it would be really tough to win that way. They scored zero in the second half against Philadelphia. All right. They are their number one or last place, however you want to look at it, in dropped passes. So what people are freaking about after the game was a problem before the game for anyone not named Kelsey. I'm going to get to a point here that I think is that I would hope that people start to understand. Um, that's economics. So they're last in dropped passes. They dropped more passes than anyone in the game, and then they dropped a bunch last night. I mean, they Patrick Mahomes was perfectly fine. Patrick Mahomes was really, really good. Patrick Mahomes was hitting people in the hands, and they were dropping the ball. Right? He killed them against Philadelphia. He threw the ball as well as ever. The guys just dropped it. Even with the drops, they're very much in the game, right? Good teams and good coaches and good rosters can play a variety of ways and win. That's what good rosters do. That's what good general managers do. Now, just keep that in mind. So, first up, here comes the always charismatic Andy Reid. 
I think Andy Reid, to me, Andy Reid, even last night in the game with Philadelphia, is proving his value as a football mind and as a coach. Because I know everyone only thinks about, do you score a bunch of points? But it's a completely different team playing in a completely different way, and they're still really, really good. So he mumbled and didn't offer a heck of a lot. I think we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, I've got to do a better job helping out with that. And then, you know, my guys have got to do the same thing. So we've all got to uh, pick it up a notch there in the second half. We're, we're just not as sharp there. Um, you know, we'll work on that. Uh-huh. You know, we, we, you play a good team. You can't. You can't lose a turnover battle. I mean, they're they're undefeated when they when they win the turnover battle. So, um, and then you add the penalties to it, a couple of drops to it. So, we got to take care of that. Duh, they dropped the ball a lot. That's what the coach is saying. <laughs> when guys were open, they dropped the ball a lot. That's what the coach is saying. The Chiefs' problems on offense and in pass catching are making my point even more so. I mean, it's going to make my point. Um, And that point is to answer Tom Brady's hot take of the day, which is, you know, just blowing up everything because Tom Brady isn't completely wrong when he says, man, what's wrong with football now? He says from his car. "Um, Scoring is down dramatically. I believe it's to a level of uh, like late 70s or something like that. The scoring is down, no doubt. You watch two of the best teams in the game struggle to score 40 points combined. Uh, for all the rules changes, and don't worry, if the NFL thinks there was a problem last night that could be fixed, they would make that rule today. They will do anything possible to give you your fantasy football game with your offense and your numbers. There is no lack of trying by people involved in the sport, including the coaches, to say, man, we want to score more points. I mean, Tom Brady is right when he says, hey, what's... Man, this game is not very good right now. Um, I don't... The offensive part is not very good. So here comes Tom Brady. He looks to have a newer face. Have you noticed that? It's a newer face. It would like the last one wasn't that bad, but he seems to have a newer face. And he's not... He's not completely wrong. But I want you to think about why... Why this is. I mean, it's easy to just... It's easy to criticize. That's fine. It's easy to say, man, that's boring... That's no fun. Guys are dropping the balls and all that stuff. If you just stop to think to what he's ranting about, and this is a a Brady rant, which I don't have a problem with. But why is it that he's, why is it that this is happening that would make Tom Brady be so critical of the game? I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And ho- Why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in, in a certain way, and every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. You hear coaches complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect himself? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to a defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect himself. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. 
Okay, well, Tom just went get off my lawn. Uh, he's got a new face. That had nothing to do with the broader criticism of today, um, and that is offense. So there's a disconnect there. Uh, he was passionate about it. He, I, I'm fine with that. But that's not exactly what the NFL wants to do. The NFL wants to score more points. And Tom, Tom, with a newer face, seems to be saying it's very mediocre. But then he wants to go on and on and on and go, get off my lawn. Let's go back to the old days. You know, guys can hit some people. Well, the guys hitting people did not produce more points. So the offense is wor- looks worse. The data says it's worse. Um, that has nothing to do with guys getting hit. In fact, the NFL is doing all it can to produce more points. Tom's rant is fine for an older guy, but it's missing the bigger point, and that is what people are saying today. These were these teams were fun last year, and that wasn't fun. 21-17 is not fun. And I'm here to tell you it's because of economics. Everyone, I mean, owners and players can blame themselves, but it's economics. It's, it has nothing to do with skill. It doesn't. I disagree with him. I, players are more skilled than ever. It's economics. But yeah, if they're getting rich, some of them are, at the expense of the rest of the roster. Um, it's just, it, it starts to make sense. Okay, here's the deal. Players are more skilled. Skilled players are better than ever before. I'm not saying they're all Tom Brady, but the collective group of throwers, catchers, and kickers is better than it's ever been. It is. Guys hitting them is few, fewer and fewer. Even though Brady wants them to get hit more, not him, but the rest of them get hit more, the truth is they're getting hit less. But there's more skilled players. There's more skilled players throwing and catching than ever before. They are the glamour positions of the sport. Not running back, it's quarterback and receiver. And there's more of them. And they're more valuable than ever before. So, yeah, the offenses are mediocre. Some of them. Uh, some of the teams score a lot of points and lose because they give up a lot of points. It's economics. The problem last night's game with Kansas City, the players that could catch the passes, okay, the players that could catch the passes that were dropped were dropped by cheaper players. Yeah, I'm going to be that simple. Yes. They're gone. The expensive ones are gone, Kansas City. They're gone. So the players that could catch the passes that were dropped by cheaper players are gone because they got paid elsewhere because they're expensive. When the money flows to the quarterback, and it does, that comes at the expense of all the other stuff. As quarterbacks get paid more, their offenses start to digress. Quarterbacks and receivers get paid the most. Quarterbacks and receivers are the glamour positions, and if I give my quarterback all the money, he's going to have fewer people to catch it. They're going to drop it more because the cheaper guy's going to drop it. The more expensive guys moved on to make more money. I mean, economics has only allowed them to have one star receiver. Right? Take the Chiefs for an example. Best, one of the best offensive teams of all time, right? Kansas City doesn't have Tyreek Hill, obviously. But economics has only allowed them to have one star receiver. So that star receiver, Travis Kelsey, gets triple teamed, double teamed, and then they throw, say, go ahead, throw it to someone else. Those dudes will drop it because they're cheaper. 
The quarterback monopolizes the money. It's at the expense of what's around him. That's it. I bet I've had this rant before, and it just plays itself out over and over again. If you look at the quarterbacks with the most talent around them, just stop and back away from Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is not digressing. He's hitting people in the hands. The people he's hitting in the hands are less expensive. They're not stars. The stars had to go. That's why they drop it. <laughs> There's just not enough, not enough money to go around for stars. But if you look at the quarterbacks, if you take a look at the total, what's around, this football science here, what's around the quarterbacks, you look at the teams with the most talent around them, okay? And you're going to see young, non-first-round quarterbacks. That's what you're going to see because that's where the money is monopolized. That's going to give you Brock Purdy in San Francisco that has a ton of players around him until he gets expensive. And then someone's going to have to go. Quite a few dudes are going to have to go. Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, because Jalen Hurts just got paid, it's not showing up just yet. But Jalen Hurts, the Eagles were able to load up players around him with money because he was less expensive. Right? When one, when one quarterback is worth three-star receivers, it, it's difficult to build a roster. When that quarterback takes the money, watch it happen in Dallas. They got one receiver. They're going to end up with one receiver because that's all you can do. Passing offenses seem to be getting worse, yes, but that's because the offenses pay the quarterbacks and the receivers and then become salary cap poor. Then they got guys that drop. So the good teams, which is a completely opposite way of everyone looking at last night, those two, those two franchises are really well run. You know why? Because they've adapted. See, they're going to lose that offensive part. They're going to lose the stars. And they're going to make up for it on defense and running. They're going to make it up for the cheap places, the cheap employees. They're going to get better at cheap employees because they're going to lose the expensive ones. That's the game. And it shows up on offense. And it shows up on throwing and catching. Because that's where the money is. And you run out of money to, to spread around. So it's, it's not that guys suck. It's not that you know, Brady is saying they should get hit more. It has nothing to do with that stuff. The fact is they just don't have enough money to go and have that kind of talent. I mean, it's like when you deposit the check to the quarterback who's now highly paid, you can go ahead and say, I want you to know you're going to have fewer guys that can catch it. So we got to figure out a way. And I actually think both of them, I come away from several, I come away from Philadelphia and Kansas City even more impressed because they've, they've pivoted. They said, look, I, we can't load up with receivers because we just can't afford them. We'll load up on inexpensive areas, and we'll get really good at inexpensive areas that's running and playing defense. I think you'll find out that it works. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Pass the ball to the Jeff Ward Show. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. Way to go, Smoker Voice. Talking over my kid. All right. You know, the headline of this is unfair. Not that I have any room, and I'm not going to do it to lecture anybody about relationships, that's for sure. I'm not going there. But can we, I know we can't, but can we try as uh, the grumpy middle-aged people of this country, can we try to have somewhat of an open mind about, uh, about this? The headline says... The new dating phenomenon proves traditional relationships are over. 
Now, of course, you read it. I did. Four o'clock in the morning, I'm thinking, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Wait, not me. I can't say anything. Yeah, anger, anger, anger. Let's rearrange this. I'm going to rearrange it. It should read, young people are smarter and more responsible about relationships than their dumber parents and grandparents. There, I fixed it. There. How are we, are any of you going to scream out loud, this is a bad thing? (laughs) Instead of being, instead of thinking as parents and grandparents thinking, boy, they've wised up. Instead, notice how many people are going to condemn this. These young people, it's always these young people. Maybe they got it figured out. Maybe they're not going to be screwed up as the rest of us. So the data says they are more selective and less in a hurry. And somehow we're condemning them for that. Uh Uh-huh. Got it. Yeah. Could it be they've seen mom and dad do the wrong things, maybe, and other parents do the wrong things and maybe go about it the wrong way? Could it be they've figured out that being dependent on someone else is a bad idea? And you're going to tell me that that's really unhealthy? All right, so that was the headline. New dating phenomenon proves traditional relationships are over. First of all, that's misleading as hell. It's not at all what they're saying. Here's what it says. Uh, Meet a man, get married, have a family. That's the timeline women have historically been sold as the most successful pathway to a happy life. Yeah, right. Everyone raised their hands, huh? New data has revealed women are sick of the constant pressure to follow traditional relationship timelines, with one in three now stating they're, quote, no longer focused on achieving the societal milestones. Notice how many times you find, I want you to every time say, and that's a bad thing? Really? You mean they're going to be less screwed up than us? And that's a bad thing. The findings uncovered in the 2024 annual dating report from Bumble. Bumble's dating app, hugely successful dating app, whose CEO uh, created the company. I believe she's stepping down. They're based in Austin, worth a billion dollars, and it's, uh, it's brilliant. I mean, it is. It's sort of female-focused. Try that one for a change, right? Uh, It shows women are, quote, pushing back and are instead prioritizing finding the right partner instead of rushing to hit outdated goals. Again, is that a bad thing? (laughs) You mean don't do what we've done? Okay. 31% of women, the uh, Lucille McCart, the dating apps communications director, says 31% of women say they're no longer focused on adhering to traditional relationship timelines and milestones. So timelines are out and choosing your own path is in. And that's a bad thing? Hmm. Okay. These damn young people, how dare they figure stuff out? 72% of women on Bumble are looking for a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. However, 23% are actively seeking out marriage as a goal. And that's a bad thing? Is it? Okay. Are you sure, mom and dad? Okay, then there's this. The dating app also uncovered other new trends in its data, including the number of people who now believe... emotional intimacy is more important than sex, stating it's actually more attractive than a physical connection. Okay. Once again, that's a bad thing. I mean, they're not as dumb as the rest of us, right? (laughs) 
32% of singles are focused on emotional intimacy over physical sexual acts, stating they are looking for safety and security when dating. Aha. Uh-huh. So, um, do it. Do the get off my lawn thing. You kids, you kids. Hmm. Let's see, they're having less sex and are in less of a hurry and trying to focus on education and career, and that's a bad thing. Stupid kids. Screwing everything up. What are you guys doing? What are you trying to do being independent and stuff? You know, having jobs and not screwing up your life. Uh, So isn't the takeaway here that, in other words, young people, a generation, responsible are avoiding all of the mistakes we made and somehow we're mad at them for doing this. Right? Even the headline, I guarantee the headline's written by somebody, oh, these kids, these sorry kids, out of control, perverted, stupid, lazy. Actually, they're just the opposite of all of those things. They're not stupid and lazy, just the opposite. They're not out of control, just the opposite. We were. (sighs) So every piece of data in there is responsible. And we're mad. That was it. That's, that's the female participation for today. There you go. In other words, hmm, job good, education good, stupid mistakes bad. 512-834-1027. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. I don't like that kid. Here we go to Twitter or X or whatever it's called this particular week, which is a great week for the CEO who's found a way to pretty much slash the thing to pennies on the dollar. Uh, at Jeff Ford Show, yet TikTok is full of women in their 30s crying about men not wanting to marry them or have a kid with them. That's because men in their 30s to 40s can date girls in their 20s. This is not working out for women long term if they want a family later. Well, you know, look, I... um. Let me push back a little bit here. Let's not quite use people on TikTok as, as um, I don't know, as, as a fair assessment of an entire group. Just saying. Right? I mean, social, here's, my, here's my take on social media in general. This is going to sound get off my lawn, but tell me I'm wrong. It sounds louder and feels louder than it really is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go to TikTok and spend the morning and then thumb through there and you're going to find uh, crying 20-somethings. Generally speaking, though, productive people are not crying on TikTok. Sorry if it hurts your feelings. Time spent crying on TikTok or showing your breasts or butt cheeks doesn't seem like a positive use of time. I suspect most reasonable people are using their time wisely. I'm just arguing on behalf of young people. I, 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 find them, I, I find our whining is ridiculous. At Jeff Ward's show, I agree with your premise on the economics. It's the economics of football salary caps. And I agree that certain skilled players collectively are better than before, with one positional exception, quarterback. Yes, we have a few good ones, but collectively I do not believe the quarterback position is as strong. 
Okay, that right there is uh, an invitation for nerding out. I, I, I think yes. Yes, but. There are some awful quarterbacks right now. No doubt there are quarterbacks that are shockingly bad. I mean, really are. It, it plays into my argument more so. You're seeing shockingly bad quarterbacks just like you can see shockingly bad receivers because the quarterbacks that are hurt are backed up by shockingly cheap and bad quarterbacks. Hear me? The drop-off is extreme. That would be my comeback. I actually would argue to you that, yeah, 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 this coming weekend, you're going to see dudes like Danny DeVito, and you're not going to see this kid in New York anymore, but the next one's going to be just as lousy because the drop-offs are extremes because the economic setup is extreme. I'm going to put all my money here. Screw it. I don't know what I got after that. I'm going to get uh, Danny DeVito or whatever. So I, I disagree. I think skill-wise, the game is better. The, the, let me tell you a bigger problem with, with the product that you see once a good player gets hurt, which I think is really what's played out this year, which I think is another argument by itself. The, the NFL, too many superstars are hurt, right? Stating the obvious. The NFL keeps tinkering with helmets and rules. I keep telling you, two things have to happen. The rosters need to be bigger, but neither the players nor the owners will do it because the players and the owners are greedy. They want We would do the same thing. I want the money for myself. But, but we're short-sighted. And the short-sightedness of that is when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, the bottom falls out. They suck. They suck. It's over. It's over. Uh, the other part is defensive players are too athletic and the field is too small. Laugh all you want. I've made the point many times. It's just too easy to get hurt. Defensive guys, and you can find good defensive guys far easier and less expensively than you can find quarterbacks and receivers. They're too big. They're too fast. The field is too small. Too many people get hurt. You can take with equipment all you want. And I think there's too many turf fields. But um, I, I, I don't... Starting this coming weekend, there's a lot of really horrible quarterbacks, but they're only starting because the other guys are hurt. And then they only exist because the rosters are, they have to drop off and be cheap. At Jeff Ward Show. Yeah. The NFL should mandate only one dedicated running play per set of downs, not to exceed four running plays per drive. Fantasy football loser. I like it. Um, yeah. Don't laugh. If the, if the owners thought that that would make you happy and you'll watch more, they'll do it. They'll do it. Right now, there are people compiling data. And the data they're getting back after Tom Brady's rant, which I, Tom Brady's rant did not add up. I mean, it, it just didn't. If this is going to be the game that he brings to the broadcast booth, it's not very good. Tom Brady's not a stupid guy, but his rant was completely disconnected. I'm seeing a lot of mediocre football, and then Tom Brady... Here, listen to the rant again. This doesn't work, Tom. You got, be the greatest of all time, but you're not very good at these rants, bud. 
I, I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And ho- Why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in, in a certain way and every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. You hear coaches complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect himself? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to a defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect himself. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. Okay, I, I mean, sure. But, but that has nothing to do with bad quarterbacks. That has nothing to do with, with got receivers dropping the balls. That has nothing to do with that. I mean, it doesn't. I'm sorry. The issue of the day is we just watched the best two teams in the NFL and it looked like a stat line in a game from 1980. That's the that's the takeaway today. That's all anyone's talking about today. And, and, and the tweet is right. I mean, yeah, you're going to watch a lot of really lousy quarterbacks. And they're lousy because do, they're getting hurt. And then the next dude down, you go from $300 million to $700,000. That's why it looks crappy. Because it is. I mean, it's just... And Tom Brady's rant doesn't address that at all. What you, you want more Ray Lewis's? No, you don't. You, you wanted receivers that could catch last night, and I'm here to tell you they left because they couldn't afford them. That's your problem. Nobody wants to watch more Ray Lewis's, Tom. I'm sorry. Nobody, want, nobody even knows who Ronnie Lott is. Okay, no, Every guy he just mentioned was a defensive player. They want to see more of you, Tom, and Edelman and Gronkowski all on the same team. Like the, you know, like the Chiefs were last year, but that that's the issue. And I don't there's no fix for it. It's just that I find that everyone is so selfish that they can't acknowledge the reality, and that is I got three dudes on offense getting super rich, and that means the re- the next seven can't do anything. At Jeff Ward show. Jeff I just watched the show with your fancy pearl snap shirt. You reminded me of Howdy Doody. Thank you. You know, I'll know this much. I'm never wearing that shirt again. It has haunted me. It's, a, I thought, a fairly basic shirt. Um, didn't think it was that outrageous. You act like I uh, you know, had worn uh, sunglasses and a hook nose that night. I show up. Yes, I wear dark shirts most of the time here because we are in a dark room. I broke out one day. I'm not even sure it was intentional. And it has haunted me. People act as if I was naked. It's unreal, man. Trust me, buddy. I'm not going to put it back on, okay? Not going to happen again. Look, I don't want you to see my face ever. So whatever it takes for me to disappear, I will happily do it. If it means getting rid of that shirt, it's over. At Jeff Ward Show, look for Texas to leap Oregon in the CFP, that's college football playoff rankings. Following Arizona's win over Utah on Saturday, Texas is now 2-1 against teams in the top 25, while Oregon is 0-1. 
Um, I don't believe for a single second beating Texas Tech and then Oklahoma State is going to allow Texas to leap Oregon. Mainly because Texas will now play two teams that are unranked and bad, and Oregon's going to have a rematch with a team that's in the top four. I don't trust that logic and that argument at all, but thank you. All right, 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. Here you have it. Here's the headline, uh, Hangover from Red Wine. I mean, this is, everyone has to read this. If you haven't, I'll, 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 I'll give you the science here. You're not going to like the science. I didn't like the science, but here's the science. So this is, where is this? NewYorkPost.com, I guess. Not exactly the uh, scientific journal of the day. Hangover from red wine, question mark. Science may finally be able to answer why some are left with splitting headaches. Would you like me to start to answer some of this? Because sometimes it means some people drink a bottle and a half. Okay, let me just say there seems to be, I'm an expert on this, there seems to be a correlation between the amount and then how much it hurts. It's a little bit like, I know this is going to shock you, and I have no degrees in this stuff at all. It's a little bit like the amount of food eaten and belly size. There's that. University of California, Davis. They propose that the real cause of red wine headaches is a flavanol known as quercetin, Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N. All right? I don't know that I disagree. Again, if you're looking for a guinea pig, you've got one right now, okay? There must be so much quercetin in my body. I mean, it's unbelievable. Quercetin is an antioxidant, which has many health benefits. It's even sold as a supplement. I don't need that. But here's the bad news. When combined with alcohol, quercetin, or quercetin, however you say it, changes into a toxic compound known as A-C-E-T-A-L-D-E-H-Y-D-E. Acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde, I guess. All right? That can cause headaches. By blocking the breakdown of alcohol, the toxin acetaldehyde, acetaldehyde can quickly accumulate in the body. Uh-oh. Well, that and me too, I guess. Causing a headache within a few hours. Um, <laughs> acetaldehyde, acetaldehyde is a well-known toxin, irritant, and inflammatory substance, says the lead author and researcher. Researchers know that high levels of acetaldehyde can cause facial flushing, headaches, and nausea. All right, stop it, doctor. Another clue comes from the medication disulfiram, which is prescribed to alcoholics to prevent them from drinking. So don't worry, there's an answer in here. Okay, then it says, all right, so you now know that this acetaldehyde is what's causing your headaches. I'm going to tell you it's because you drank a lot. (laughs) Okay? A lot. And probably dehydrated. Just saying from experience. How to prevent red wine headaches. Are you ready? Okay? You check off the boxes where you're comfortable. I'll check off the boxes where I'm comfortable. So here we go. Foremost among the reasons. Try switching to white wines, champagne, or other white sparkling wines. No. 
Absolutely not. Why not just tell me to go get a juice box or a Sprite or something? No, no, screw off, I'm out. No. I'll live with a headache. Okay, step number one, step number one switch to white wines, champagne, or other white sparkling wines. I'm out. I'm about to see maybe you can do that. Maybe you'd like a Sprite. Maybe like a Gatorade. Ooh, I know. Why don't you switch over to a Chardonnay and get some sugar? That'll help you a lot. Why don't you get a straw, too, while you're at it? Or a, a wine cooler? Or Zima? Uh, they also said, this is going to shock you again. Now, this is the kind of stuff, this is how you get a PhD in a grant. Number one, say, quit drinking the red wine. <laughs> Number two, eat some food. Mm, again, thank you, doctor. Number three, dehydration can also lead to headaches. So try drinking a glass of water before drinking wine and have another glass of water between glasses of wine to stay hydrated. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good fundamental rule that most of us don't follow, but it's, it, that one's reasonable, of course. Have a glass before, then as you're putting away the full bottle, have two glasses for every couple of glasses of wine. That's kind of, that's it. I mean, that's it, Jeff. That's the science for uh, the holidays. Yeah. Here's what I'm not going to allow you to do. Don't switch to sparkling. Don't do it. That's not cool. Should not be allowed. Not cool. No flavor. Forget it. No chance. No way. Mm-mm. No. Is that a good idea? I don't think it's really taste great. I don't think it's really a lot of a lot of nuance to something you can drink with a straw. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.